All right, go for it. Hey, everybody, it's Will, and I'm really, really excited today to have Mihal Ali on the phone. Uh, he's out in the Bay Area, uh, the Peninsula, out around San Francisco, and owns two restaurants and another one coming here, opening soon, and he's been a great schedule for my customers for a long time, so it's really awesome to have a chance to catch up with him. So, Mihal, thanks for joining today. Delighted. Thanks, Will. So... Take me back, man. Get me started with your story. I mean, I did, you know, enough research to know a little bit of the background, but you started, um, looks like you were at a GM at another restaurant for a few years out there, and you started Jack's Prime in, in 2008. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, I came out for uh, a summer vacation uh, and hung out with a friend from university up in the Napa Valley and ended up working for Joel Gott, the winemaker who also owns Scott's Roadside. Uh, it was Taylor's Refresher back then, and after a good summer there, they said, if you ever want to come back to, to kind of work in our San Francisco location, we've just opened in the ferry building, we have a job for you. So I, I came back and kind of applied for a, for a visa and, and got it and ended up um, running that spot in San Francisco for um, for about three years, and then I branched out on my own. So did you uh, did you come up with the concept for Jack's Prime yourself, and did you start it yourself, or did you have partners or investors, or how did that work? Well, like everybody, you know yourself, uh, you have to take on some investors at the start. Um, the concept was pretty much kind of set in my head, and um, we did work with we worked with with uh, some people on kind of fine tuning it. Um, the friend I came out to visit at university, he had, he was a he's a chef. Uh, background and he's actually the he's the COO with Elephant's Deli up in uh, Portland and um, yeah we kind of put it together and got it open on on a busy stretch and uh, we've been busy since we opened the door thank god 10 years later so Jack's Prime Burgers and Shakes so what do you guys do that's unique or different there uh, that makes y'all special you just try to do everything with integrity and and Use good product and be a be a real spot. Offer real hospitality. Offer real food and and kind of be a real a real person to for folks. And I kind of think that uh, we've tried to engender that quality in our in our our staff. And um, as a result, you know we've seen we've seen folks grow up. We've seen kids you know starting a t-ball and they're still coming back in ten years later with their softball team. So I suppose like anything, it's just Try to do really good food and and be a place that folks really feel at home. You know. Do you um, how do you? I get that as an owner and as somebody who's developed this concept and this is your baby and, and of course you're going to handle your customers that way just like we do ours. Um, how do you? How do you? How do you find those people that that take that same philosophy and run with that? Me all. I mean what. That's a challenge. What you're saying makes a lot of sense to me, but then the execution of that isn't quite as easy as it may seem, I believe. You know, it's it's getting harder and harder. I'm not going to lie. We opened the, we opened in 2008, and things were going south all over the economy, and it was it was a gamble to open, but we we plowed on. I think we we were lucky. We got a lot of good folks, and you know, being being in the restaurant a lot. I was able to kind of really engender that, that, that spirit in the culture. But as time's gone on with opening the second restaurant, I've put a lot more time into that, and that, as a result, has 
you know, I've seen, I've started to see the uh, the seams start to pull a bit. Um, and with the economy, we're out here, like there's 2% unemployment, to be honest with you. It's under 3%. So it is tough. The cost of living's going through the roof out here. And retaining staff, never mind um, making them proactively, you know, buy in is, it's it's a lot of work at the moment. I'm not gonna lie. It's 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 definitely uh, it's the biggest challenge in in the Bay Area for sure. Is that is that because unemployment's so low, and, and so you have a supply and demand issue, or is it because uh, the way that this next generation is raised? Is there are there less folks that have that you know genuine sense of hospitality that's more innate or natural, or that they want? What what do you think is causing that? Well, you know, there's always, you know, you don't want to sound like an old fogey and all this. This generation doesn't know how to work. I don't think it's that, but we're, we're, living, in a, we're living in an area where the cost of living and, and being an employee in a restaurant is such that most folks are stretched or they are living at home with their parents. So you've got this you've got the split between folks that are working two jobs, maybe three, you're you're doing your best to, to, to pay as, as as well as you can and, and 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 still offer those guys something that they can be proud of and something that they can work towards. But the the landlords and the uh and, and the others are not pulling that way at all because we have we're surrounded by um, high income paying jobs, the tech. Folks even who are in our industry can go and work for a company like Sodexo or Bon Appetit that cater to the big tech firms and they offer they could offer, you know, two or three bucks more, four bucks or more per hour. So you've got that inflationary pressure all over. Um, so that's kind of and folks, I think, and then um, in terms of like the work ethic and that, there's, there's no point dressing it up. We're we're seeing a lot of pressure from not having new new blood coming into our market. We're not you used to be able to replenish your kitchen staff a lot easier than you can now because the flow is just not there. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. That's an yeah. Honest answer right there. No, it's a great answer. I mean, it's just the reality of the situation. What? So then you opened um, Maverick Jacks, your other concept, in 2016. Um, what's different about Maverick Jacks? Um, <laughs> primarily, it's uh, it's been able to get out under get out uh, and and go 100% by myself, um, not having the investors not having to, to deal with folks who don't live in our world, um, having a, an influence on what, what's going on with the business. So um, that's the primary difference uh, from, from my point of view. The, 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 the menu offering, the style, the culture that we have in the business is the same. Um, and that's my aim to try and grow that brand um, since, since it's all me. So take me back then. So you got you um, early on when you started Jack's Prime. You got investors. How did you find investors, and what types of uh, things were you looking for? And what did you what did you learn from that that you would 
say maybe advice you'd pass along to somebody else that may be out, you know, in those early days looking for investors themselves? Well, when you're looking for investors and you're looking to get going, you typically struggle to see past the end of your nose. Um, so you, you, you tend to be dealing with people who are pretty savvy in business and you tend to be going in green, even with even with a, a university degree in business management and, and all those, you know, like years built up as an experience working in the industry. You're prepared on an operational level to deal with anything. But the intricacies of, of um the intricacies of, 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 of business and more long term uh vision uh can be hard on that first on that first deal. So uh you tend not to think about the out clause as they say in business the exit strategy, which mm. your your typically your investors will have thought of. Um so that's something that I think anybody who's looking to take investors on should be kind of aware of and, and maybe take some advice on if they if they have um if they have an outlet to kind of reach out to other people in the industry. Because, you know, not having let's say let's say for example a buyout clause. Not having a buyout clause um set after a certain amount of time can can mean that you're married to folks for a long time that you really you know, that gets old after a certain point, you know? Um, so that, that that's probably the uh, the most uh, the the biggest thing I've learned. So, so a, a buyout clause meaning that at some point in time you're able to purchase their equity, or do you, I mean did you structure it? Is it debt or equity or a mix or yeah, how did you so, do that? So you know that it's primarily the first. Um, it's setting yourself up that you at some point can can buy them out, or at least you have the option to. So. That way, at least you know that you know things might go swimmingly, and you don't ever choose to uh, choose to exercise that option. But having that option in there will be able to say to the people that you're investing with that this is a business transaction. We're not, you know, we're not, we're, we're not, we're getting married at the hip here. And B is also signaling that you know you don't. It's not showing that you're uh, not being uh, 100% honest. It's just that you're being. Uh, aware that it, that it's a business arrangement, and if 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 it comes a time where you need to separate, that you kind of have that organized um, in your favor. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you, do you um, are there specific types of investors that you think are important? I mean, because you, you are getting into a long term relationship, and I would imagine when you're trying to get something started, it's easy to just take the money, possibly before you do a full thoughtful due diligence about the type of person you want on your team. So that like, that uh, definitely that that came into play um as I was I was looking to to kind of branch out and do Maverick Jacks and I met with a couple a couple of folks who were looking to invest and could see the potential because obviously I had had done um done really well with the first restaurant and they saw that once the, if I was going to open a second in the same vein there was a high probability of success and I met with these guys and to be honest with you as as I, I kind of went through the process of talking to them and explaining the vision the financials and what have you I quickly realized that their values weren't aligned with mine and how how I look at employees uh, and 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 my customer base as opposed to they, how they looked at it. I was just like, 
this isn't a fit. This just doesn't fit for me. And I, thankfully, with having gone through the experience of running businesses for five or six years, I kind of I was able to kind of back myself and say, you know what? Nah, these guys aren't right. Thanks so much. It's been good talking to you, but I don't think so. And mm-hmm. and that is something that I feel has stood to me. So it's meant, it, it's meant that I've um, I've made decisions that have been better for me as opposed to just thinking about the dollars. Gotcha. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. So you've got the second one. So you've got um, Maverick Jacks in 2016, and then here you are in a few months, if I'm not mistaken, opening the second of those. Yep. How's it going? <laughs> um, it's going well. Um, the, what, what, as you know, restaurateurs will get this that you don't. When you run a restaurant, you, it's not just about getting the food together and getting the daily operations together. When you're putting a restaurant together, you become part architect, part builder, part HVAC specialist, part you know uh, bank clerk. You, you learn so much, and there is so much to it to make sure that you're insured correctly that you've got your, your, your ducks in a row, that you're getting your funding correctly, dealing dealing with, with, with dealing with trades and stuff like that. It's a different world to, to what you're normally used to dealing with. And you learn a lot. So you're, you never stop learning in the building game, I think, because it, it, it moves so quickly and um, very rewarding at the end of it, but going through it is there's plenty of work in it. So uh, you don't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> when you're doing it, no, I bet you don't. Uh, the uh, in learning all those tricks, you know, one thing that made me think of is uh, there's a restaurant I go to often for breakfast, and they have their uh, their AC broke recently, and it's been pretty hot here. And um, they said that they, I guess, their lease doesn't accommodate that, so they're having to. They're, they've been it happened mm-hmm. before too, and they've been having to kind of piece together, you know, parts and get it fixed, and they keep having these issues with it. And so they said, you know, but it's like twenty grand to replace this thing. It's not part of our lease. It was a big goof up in the lease negotiation. Those those types of things can almost bring you down. I would imagine if you're not really savvy with understanding how to negotiate the right kind of lease and so forth. Although, do you own your buildings or have you leased? So, um, so we we're, we're lease uh, we're lease we're lease on all our buildings right now. Um, primarily because the cost of real estate out here uh, is really tough. The thing is, see, the thing that you can, uh, you, you have to jive with um, in, in, in the restaurant business is that you can have a tremendous cash flow and really solid customer base. And you take that to a big bank and they look at it and they just don't see equity and therefore they shut you down. So they'll offer you like a, a line of credit, which will kind of be bugger all. Um, so then you have to go to community banks, and then at least you can kind of talk to people and figure out how how can we make this work. So that's the first thing that you kind of have to you kind of have to encounter is that a lot of the bigger banks aren't going to deal with you. So you have to, they may have great advertising showing chefs. Um, you know, chefs working on their program and like we loan to restaurants, but they really don't. Um, and then for your uh, for your lease negotiations, if if as is the case out here, 
everything's in such high demand. Well, the landlord has a lot of a lot of um, a lot of strength in the negotiating process. So you need to really employ a, a lawyer that's going to fight hard for you and and know that game. So you want to really get a specialist who, who's able to negotiate with that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, those things. Uh, those are those are critical for sure. Do you um? Yeah, and I guess that varies in different markets. When your real estate's so high, it's not worth it. I know some owners that really like to own, but that's when the price. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah, I'm so, sure you would. Yeah, one, exactly. Next one, we probably will. But um, at the moment, it's um, yeah, it's it's just a it's a, it's a long lease process is what you kind of try to try to hit for at least to, so you be able to get your return investment. Do you walk? Do you ever have you walked away from places that you like, locations you like, where you just didn't feel like the, the lease opportunity would be favorable, or they they didn't want to work, you know, with you as a as a partner? Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta be prepared to walk away. Yeah, just because they will uh, they will have no problem in uh, in taking uh, taking you taking you to the cleaners. So uh, <laughs> you have to be prepared to walk away from them, you know. Uh, Michal, what do you like the most about what you do in the restaurant business? Why are you Why are you doing this? <laughs> I love I love making people happy. I genuinely enjoy enjoy the business. I enjoy the speed of it. I enjoy the look on people's faces and the, they come in hungry and they kind of leave you know <laughs> and happy and smiley. It's kind of one of those weird things. I think you kind of need to be a pleaser in, on some level. Um, as just part of your personality to make you enjoy it. You can do it for the money or you can do it, you know, there's, it's, it's a tough business to make money. So there has to be more to it than that, I think. Um, and that's, that's the main thing for me. I really, I really enjoy the business. I enjoy the people, I enjoy the, the speed of it. And um, yeah, that's it. It's a kind of fit for my personality, I think. Tell me about um, being an independent owner versus, you know, you have chains that have, economies of scale and, and lots of resources and so forth, but have more of a sort of a template approach. And you talked earlier about, you know, genuine hospitality and being real people. What do you think the, um, what do you think the advantages that independent restaurants have that, you know, while you can't compete with large organizations on resources, you have things that they can't compete with you on. What do you think those things primarily are? You know the thing about the thing about the independent is that there's there is um, a connection that can be made um, with not only your customers but with your purveyors and with your um, with your staff. There's not a distant entity that's calling the shot. So mm-hmm. that means that you can deal with your staff um, on a human level. You can, you, can, you can reason with your suppliers and take into account what, what's been transacted over years instead of, instead of going, nope, you haven't met the price on that, you're gone. So the advantage we have is that we actually get to feel the, the the enjoyment of, of transacting business with pe- with people that that we care about and that we respect, and we also get to tell them when they're when they're out of order, and that we will 
you know, like, as a business, you know, we're prepared to walk away if you don't change, as opposed to just just saying, no, nope, you haven't met it, just leaving. And, mm-hmm. and so I think, I think our suppliers prefer, they, they, they enjoy that. Like even, even our biggest supplier, their, their main competitor out here is probably Cisco and U.S. Foods, but they're still family-owned. And they're a big company. You know, they probably do, you know, 300, 400 million a year. But I can still pick up the phone and call, call the, the boss. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, they specialize almost in, in independence as well because they have that relationship. And I've tried to, always tried to kind of model, model how I interact in business with, with a lot of those types of folks that we've done business with. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you've um, you've uh, you've built a, a really interesting business too, because now with your third, and good luck with the opening, and and we'll you know assume that all goes well. You've now got, I would imagine, or does that help you have a better story to tell for for those people? We talked earlier about finding these people and it, how hard it is to find good people, but. Do you have more opportunities now that you've got several locations for people to grow within your business and grow with you and, and uh, you know, as the business grows? Does that give them more career longevity type opportunities that you're able to, to pitch as you look for good people and try to keep them? Yeah, it definitely it definitely helps with being able to say to folks, you know, this is something that, that you, can, you can make a career of and you can be proud of. Um, and we, we, you know, it's, it's, it's having that, 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 that kind of longevity that's, that's helping us. Like the new general manager of the, of the new space is going to be somebody who, who is an assistant manager here at Jack's Prime. So we're giving that, that promotion opportunity. And, you know, we're giving that two people are going to be promoted. She's going to go on to the next job. There's someone going to fill that place. And then we're, we're starting to think more about career paths. In the first couple of years or when you've got a single store, or even even the secondary store, you're kind of pulling yourself a good amount of the uh, amount of the way and and kind of relying on people to kind of fill in. Whereas with this third one, I've had I've had to start thinking more about wait a minute here. I need to give career paths. I need to to kind of keep these opportunities coming. And my role has going to have to change because I no longer can be that hands-on guy that I was, I've got, to, I've got to be the guy that's delegating and kind of making sure that other folks are doing what, what, what we need to get done. So um, it's, it is actually, it's very helpful. Um, but, you know, like everything, it's, when, you, when you're in a business like ours, you've got, trans, you've got folks that are transient um, in, many, in many respects in terms of like they're, they're willing to move. They're, they're kind of, the situation can be such that people will move a lot. So, yeah, having that, having that, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What what's um what's the biggest challenge you've got right now to get in, get the next one open? I know there's probably a dozen of them or two dozen, but what what are you? I mean, there's always <laughs> really always seems to be delays and things like that. Like, what what are you working on right now that you're having to deal with? I, I like to ask about this because I think a lot of people think that they they want to open a restaurant, and sometimes they don't really fully understand all that goes into it and don't realize that until yeah. it's a little late. It's always, it's always that crazy. Well, we're in a business where people think 
there are there are certain things that they like and think, oh, well, I'll open that business in it. And there, there's always, I always think that's a huge contributor to why there's so many failures in restaurants is because people haven't served their time yeah. in terms of understanding what the business is. So then there's almost like a shock of like, oh my God, I didn't realize this would happen. And even when you're seasoned, there's still stuff happens all the time and you're like, what the, where did that come out of? So um, the biggest challenge, I think, for it, it, that, that's on my, my horizon is definitely staffing it. It's going to be finding enough people to, to get it open and then going through that initial turnover and that burn rate and, and betting in. That's, that's really because, as I said at the start of the interview, it, it's incredible how competitive the, the, the uh, employment market is out here. Um, so much so that, we're, you know, we're, we're, with this next iteration of the business, we're, we're, we're going to go to fast casual and, and, and kind of as opposed to a full service because, A, the economics of it, and B, the, the, the difficulty in finding folks that are willing to uh, are willing to kind of stay in the in the in the serving part of of the restaurant business, especially um, at the price point you know that we charge. So we're, we're we're actually making that that call now on this one, our third one, which is kind of a little. Uh, it's made with a little trepidation, but it it just it's one that I feel it has to be made. You know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, listen, man, I know that you're. You've got a lot going on, and uh, I really appreciate you taking taking the time to do this, especially with an opening coming up like that. Cause I know it's a very involved juggle, but um, this is really helpful, and I just really appreciate your time. We, of course, appreciate your business a lot, and just love hearing your story, man. And we just love just love serving folks that are doing what you're doing, man. I always just in, in awe of and inspired by people that have been successful building independent restaurants. That, tough business but it's rewarding business and uh you clearly I, have a passion for it man so thank you yeah i appreciate that well it is as i said it's good it's good having uh having a business like yours a technology business but is also it's, it's focused the fact that, that you guys actually still continue to put out blogs about the business it, it kind of speaks about it speaks the language of actually what you do and you care about your business as opposed to the jargony type uh, promo stuff that a lot of businesses do um, with, with that just seems to be just cannon fodder, I suppose, in terms of like the content they're putting out. At least you guys are talking to, to real people and trying to get feedback that will improve your business. And, and it's, it's inspiring because, you know, when we read your blogs and we, we, we kind of get – we get to know that we're not the only ones that are in this in the situation that we're in and trying to trying to make a buck and trying to build a family and a, and a business and and be proud of all of them, you know. Well, you know, man, we're I I got to be honest, we're so incredibly honored to have the opportunity to do this, and I'm I'm real thankful that we don't do a lot of the traditional sort of advertising and marketing and sales that would prevent me from having the time to do this stuff because I love it, I truly do, and and um. You know, and, and it is. It, it's good to know that other people are in the same boat, and so many people listen to interviews like yours, and they uh, it inspires them and it helps them remember that you know they're not alone. <laughs> they're facing the challenges they think are so so hard are are you know ones that other people are are too, and it helps them know they can they can do it. So, man, I 
I appreciate it a lot. I really do. And um, uh, I thank you for the time and wish you guys the best with the opening and, and all three of the locations going forward, man. I, I, I really um, hope you guys do real well. Me, thanks. Well, you have a good afternoon. I appreciate it. All right, Neil. Take care. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. Thanks, Bob.